It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I have been following Debbie Montgomery on her Mystery Quilts Anonymous Facebook group for a while now and love her mystery quilts. I want to read something that one of her other followers wrote to her as it tells how wonderful Debbie is. They wrote, You spend time encouraging over 10,000 quilters to know that they can accomplish what they set out to do. I am proud to say that I joined this group when there were less than a thousand members and have watched you grow on this journey as well as learn many tips and make quilts that I never would have thought I could. You are a generous, kind-hearted, and wonderful woman, and I'm privileged to call you my friend. I'm so excited to have Debbie Montgomery with me. Thanks for visiting with me today, Debbie. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's start with your background. Where were you born and raised? I was born in Springfield, Ohio, in the United States of America, which is where I was raised till I was 18 when I married my husband, and he actually was an Air Force brat, as we called them <laughs> at that point. He'd been moving around every four years, of course, with his father in the military. So I moved from Ohio to Texas. I'd never been out of Ohio before. Anyway, we moved to Texas and then proceeded to move all over the United States. And then he decided that we were not exactly where we were supposed to be. So we actually changed our life goals. And my husband became a pastor and we became missionaries and we came to New Zealand in 1992, a very long time ago, <laughs> just started serving the Lord here and the church grew. And that's kind of, you know how they say the rest is history. Mm -hmm. We're still here. We're still in the same church, still a growing, vibrant church. And I started quilting about 2010, started designing shortly thereafter, I was testing for other people. And then I thought, you know what? I can do this. And everything seemed to be so normal. Nothing fell outside the box for me. So I thought, I'm going to design something that falls outside the box. Hmm. So that's where it all started okay. for me and my quilting history. But as far as my personal history... I love New Zealand. I love where I live, which is Rotorua, New Zealand. Neat. Let's jump back. We're going to hit some of these points. Okay. Back to when you were growing up in Ohio, do you have a special childhood memory? My dad is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> he has since gone to heaven, but I remember all of my life how he encouraged me he was a high school dropout, and it was always his goal for all of us. I have two sisters and a brother, but it was always his goal for all of us to go to university and do something with ourselves. I just remember his constant encouragement to just fly and do whatever I wanted to do, but do it well. Nice. Sounds like a wonderful man. He is. He was. He passed away in August of last year. Oh, wow. So that's pretty recent. Yes. I miss him. Yeah. I enjoyed school. Home ec was my first experience with sewing. And I found I didn't like sewing garments so much. But I certainly love sewing and quilting. I'm curious, what mission board are you with? We are not with a mission board now. Mm -hmm. However, when we came in 1992, we were with Grace Independent Baptist Missions, which has since merged with 
Baptist World Missions. Okay. And we are no longer missionaries. The church that we were missionaries in actually voted to take us on as a full-time pastor. So we left the mission board and became full-time pastor. Wonderful. That's the end goal, really, is to get a baby church on its feet and able to support their own pastor. Mm-hmm. So they just ask us if we would be that pastor. We love it here. We love serving with these people. So after praying about it, we said yes. Cool. Do you have children? We do. We have three children. We have two daughters on each end. One's the oldest and one's the youngest. And we have a son in the middle. Our oldest daughter lives in Arizona. She's a security guard for an Air Force base in Arizona. And our son is actually in the military in the United States Air Force. Just got home from deployment. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And our youngest daughter actually lives here with us. So that's nice. We have 11 grandkids. Our oldest daughter has six children. Our son has two. And the daughter that's living with us, we have three grandchildren living with us as well. So that wow. makes up our 11. Yeah. Full house. Yes, it is. <laughs> Along with your puppies, too. Yes. <laughs> I love my puppies. So have all your puppies been sold, the pups you just had? Yes, they've all been sold. They're all with really good homes. We actually got to babysit one of them last weekend. They're four months old now, and mm -hmm. to see how much they've grown is so much fun. <laughs> I miss them, but we have like a little mini farm here. We've got two pigs and two goats and several ducks and several chickens and dogs and cats. So I miss them, but there's always something to keep me distracted. Yeah. We've talked about employment a little bit as a missionary and as a quilt designer. Did you have other employment? Yeah. When we were newly married, I was trying to put my husband through university. So I had all of those jobs when you're very newly married that weren't really career type jobs. They were just pay the bills mm -hmm. and get him through college type jobs. I didn't have a career except for teaching. I taught in a private school, but only because my kids went there and I could control <laughs> the situation, I guess. But other than that, we chose for me to be a stay-at-home mom. And looking back on it now, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm -hmm. I love what I did. And as far as employment now, I am a designer and it is quote unquote my job, but giving is a gift for me. So I love to give. So everything I do basically gets given away. The book that I just wrote is actually the first thing I've ever asked for money. Mm -hmm. It's a new experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> we never chose a career. Our mantra's always been family first. So yeah. we chose for me to stay at home. That's great. Thinking about arriving in New Zealand, had you visited the country before you went there or was it all brand new to you? I had never visited before. My husband had, you can imagine, from Vermont, which is where we were living at that point, to New Zealand, which is completely the other side of the world, was a quite expensive endeavor. Mm. So we could only really afford for him to go because we had three kids. So he came over and he said, this is where we're supposed to be. So pack your bags and come on. And I'm like, <laughs> um, it doesn't work that way, sweetheart. You have to come home. But I guess I just depended on him loving where we would be and knowing that it was the right thing. 
to have security in that. And when I got off the plane the first time in 1992, I had no idea what to expect. We drive on the other side of the road. We use different currency. And New Zealand speaks English, but it's not American English. It's not even Canadian English. It's more British English. It's more an English all its own. It was a learning curve, but we got there. I don't think I would change for the world now. I love, love, love where we live. Yeah. I'm not real familiar with New Zealand. Do you have snow at all, or is it a warmer climate? New Zealand, if you know where Australia is, Mm -hmm. New Zealand is a group of islands 1,200 miles southeast of Australia. If you pick up New Zealand and you set it on a map of North America, the north tip of New Zealand sits in Canada, but the south tip of New Zealand sits in Mexico. Really? Yes. But since we are long and skinny, the top of the North Island, which is where I live, I don't live in the top of the island, I live in about the middle of the North Island, but the top of the island It's pretty moderate up there as far as they don't get any snow. It's more like Hawaii. Then the south bit of the South Island is actually the closest inhabited land mass to Antarctica. So they get a lot of snow and it's very cold down there. Wow. So there's a very broad weather pattern throughout the entire country. Where I live, which is in the middle of the North Island, I would say it's more like Seattle. We don't get snow, but we get a lot of rain in the winter, and it gets quite chilly. Mm -hmm. Right now is our summertime. So right now, it's about 80 to 82 degrees Uh outside. But our humidity stays really high, so it feels muggy when it gets hot. Hmm. Our seasons are reversed because we are south of the equator from that in, say, the UK or North America. Mm -hmm. My next question is, besides quilting, what other crafts do you do or have you done? When I saw that question on your list... I'm like, oh, where do I start? (laughs) It takes any hobby or any passion a while to expose itself. I actually decided a while back that I enjoyed scrapbooking. So I made scrapbooks for all of my kids and all of my grandkids. And then I was stuck. What do I do now? I can still scrapbook. I still have the paper and stuff like that. So I could still make scrapbooks, but I didn't like it so much. Mm -hmm. One other passion that I do have is designing and making teddy bears. I love to do that. There's one teddy bear pattern on our Mystery Quilts Anonymous Facebook group page because somebody saw my patterns in something. I had taken a picture of a quilt with a teddy bear or something. So I put the pattern on there for them to sew up and several of them made it, but that's another passion. I probably have 50 to 100 designed by me, teddy bears, each one of them different. That's a lot of fun. I enjoy that, but the quilting has definitely been that one thing that is just a long time passion now. You just can't get enough of it. I enjoy that. It's my happy place to sit in my sewing room. Oh, neat. Are there any other hobbies like gardening or exercise or other things? I wish I could say that exercise was a hobby, (laughs) but it isn't. (laughs) 
I do not like to exercise. Actually, I love the looks of my garden and I love the thought of a garden. But it seems that as soon as I get it planted, I forget about it and forget to water it. So I kill everything. (laughs) So gardening is not a passion. Another hobby, I guess. I love to sit and play with geometric shapes and put them together to try to make something, I guess. Maybe that's more like puzzle making. I don't know. I enjoy building puzzles. Other than that, I guess church is a hobby, if that could be called a hobby. I <laughs> I love going to church. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should add to that hobbies or activities. Oh, yeah, there we go. That is an activity. Church is an activity. You're yeah. right. I do enjoy cooking, if that's a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I have made doing the laundry a hobby because that's one of my favorite things to do. Hmm. I know, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Who introduced you to quilting? We went to Arizona for a short span of time in the early 2000s, and we started a church. We had a lady in our church that made quilted handbags and tote bags, and she actually, you know, created a few quilts as well. I said, I'd love to be able to do that someday. And she looked at me in the face and she said, don't ever start. Oh, no. And I'm like, why? And she said, because once you start, you will never put it down. You will fall in love with quilting and you will never stop. She was right. I did pick it up, though, (laughs) but I haven't put it down yet. And that was probably almost 20 years ago. Yeah. She helped heaps with color because being in Arizona, she created a lot of Southwest-type quilts, putting the turquoises and rusts and stuff like that together. So she really wasn't afraid of color. Mm -hmm. So if she instilled anything in me, it was don't be afraid of color. Make it do what you want it to do. Describe your favorite quilt, a quilt pattern or a quilt that you have made. I actually have a favorite physical quilt. It was made for me, and it was just a panel of the double wedding ring pattern, but a church in the United States had a quilting prayer group, I guess, Mm -hmm. and they hand quilted around the wedding rings, and then they presented it to my husband and I in 1992 when we left the United States to come to New Zealand. So that one has a very sentimental value Mm -hmm. as far as being my favorite quilt. My favorite pattern, I think the new one is always my favorite. Yeah. As far as what I've done recently on the group page, we did a pattern called Party Poppers. It is my pattern. It was our New Year's Day pattern. We created a quilt in a day. But seeing all the different colors and the way that the pattern popped with the different colors, wow, that has become my inspiration for so many more things. And I actually love curves. So I also created a pattern called Visa V, which I really like because it's full of curves. Mm -hmm. I guess there are different reasons why I like different quilts. My husband's favorite is Jack in the Box. (laughs) And I'm actually currently working on one right now that one of the ladies in our group 
needed a quilt for a special occasion, so she and I worked together to create one. I had the basic pattern down, and we just tweaked it a little bit together, putting in some curves and stuff like that. And I love it a lot. I did it in dark colors, though. But that may be why I like it, because it's a little dark and something that I've never done before. So that's a future mystery to be watching for. Oh, fun. You mentioned the dark yeah. palette. Do you tend to like a certain color over another, or does it just depend on the quilt? My favorite color is pink, but you know what? I don't like it in a quilt. Interesting. Unless... It's like a complementary color. I don't like it as like the main focus fabric, and I don't know why. Because it's my favorite color. Why wouldn't I like it? I tend to like purple in a quilt, and I love like purple and green or purple and brown or blue and brown together. Mm -hmm. As far as a specific palette, I find myself going with black and white and a pop color a lot. Hmm. But I don't know why. Yeah. Because black and white is so monochrome and so boring. <laughs> I don't know about boring because it could be striking. You're right. It can. Depending on that pop color, it can just, like using yellow or red as a pop color can really, really bring out the contrast between the dark and the light. Mm -hmm. I make a lot of quilts with brown as the dark in mm. them. The one I'm currently working on uses a dark chocolate brown and black. So the dark chocolate brown is the light color, believe it or not. It's not even black. It's more like a dark charcoal. As the dark, and then I'm using a pink. Yes, I used pink. <laughs> but the pink has these really soft flowers, and the leaves are brown and that charcoal gray. It really makes those two colors pop. And it's not a bright pink. It's more a muted pink. And I love it. So you may see darker colors coming out of me. <laughs> that makes me sound like I have a dark person. No, no. But I don't. <laughs> I have to work at using brighter colors myself. I enjoy bright colors, but it is one thing that I don't use a lot of. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, my granddaughter, she's a young teen. She actually has a Facebook group called Mystery Quilts Anonymous Junior. Oh, neat. We will work together and design a quilt, and then she will play with that design, and she'll pull bright colors, and she makes the brightest, most unique, fun, youthful quilts for kids that they would enjoy. It's fun watching her use those bright colors. Tell me about your favorite tool that you use. My sewing machine, but that's probably one of everybody's favorite tools. My favorite rotary cutter is the Ulfa Straight 60 millimeter. And I say that because I don't have a lot of options here in New Zealand. I have a friend in Vermont in the United States who has introduced me to a different brand and she says it weighs more than the Ulfa, and that's why she likes it. So I'm actually going to invest in one of those and see how I like it, but I just have to wait for it to get here. I do enjoy the bigger blade because I feel like I don't spend as much time at my cutting table. As far as my favorite ruler, it is an Ulfa. My favorite one is the 6x12 inch because when you fold your fabric to cut it, it still lays over everything, but it's not so big that when you put pressure on it to hold it in place, that it slides. Plus the frosting on the back kind of keeps it in place. Mm -hmm. And I like the markings. The half inch markings are all dotted lines. 
and the solid inch markings are a straight line. Mm -hmm. And then it has, of course, your little hash marks in between for your eighth and quarter inches. I have tried several different mats. I have tried Ginger and Fiskars and, of course, Ofa. Of those three, my favorite is Ofa, with my second favorite being the Ginger. The Ginger brand is double-sided in that it has measurements on both sides, and it's a different color on each side. And I like it because the markings are on both sides. So if one side wears out, I can flip it over and start again. The Ulfa, I like the texture and the feel of it, but it doesn't have markings on both sides. My favorite iron in New Zealand is a Braun, B-R-A-U-N, Textile 7. I don't know that North America has that brand. I like it because it's heavy. I can use steam or not steam. And I like the steam hole pattern on the bottom of it. And it has a pretty narrow point at the one end so that I can get really close into my corners. And on my ironing board, one of my favorite tools in my whole sewing room is my wool pressing mats. I'm not quite sure that I could do it without those. Hmm. Now that I have them, I love them because they absorb the moisture in the air so that when you even dry iron, you get a very crisp crease. So when you're pressing your seams, whether you press open or to the dark side or to the light side, it's a very crisp line. It makes it easier than when you're sewing your pieces together to keep your points. Mm -hmm. So I love my wool pressing mats. I heard mentioned about some of them might have an odor. You know, when I first got it, there was a learning curve. You can't keep your iron as hot as you would normally keep it. Because you can melt your wool. And I don't really mean melt. Yeah. When I first got it, I had my iron too hot and I burnt the wool and it stuck to the bottom of my iron. And that did smell. I cleaned the iron. It came right off. But I found if I turn the heat down, I don't get that smell. And I get a better result with a lower heat. Wow. Do you have a favorite part of the quilting process? I told my husband the other day, I enjoy every part. I love designing. I love sewing. It would probably be easier for me to say my least favorite part. (laughs) I don't like tedious cutting. I don't mind cutting. I just don't like to cut 400 at the same unit. I don't like hand stitching my binding, so I tend to use the machine to do all my binding work. And I used to not like the actual quilting process, but I got a new sewing machine for Christmas this year, and I quilted my first quilt on it this week, actually. and. I have fallen in love with that aspect now, and it is so much fun. If you ask my husband, he would say designing, because he sees me sit and design all the time. I get like a kid at Christmas, like with the quilt that I'm working on right now, where I was yesterday. I was writing the last clue, so it's the last bit of the instructions. So I'm working on that very last little bit before I get to lay it out. And it's like reading the last chapter in a book. It's like, I'm almost done. I'm almost (laughs) done. I can't stop. (laughs) And I like that feeling. That could easily become an addiction to get quilts to that point just because I love 
laying them out on the floor and seeing what they look like and laying them out on the floor because I usually make the king size, the bigger size quilts. So I don't have a spot big enough. If I'm doing something smaller, like a twin or a lap or just a baby quilt, I can put it on my design wall. But most of them have to go on the floor. Yeah. Tell me about your worst quilting experience. That's easy. (laughs) Mitered corners for the first time. I chose to miter corners, but I chose a striped fabric that I needed to line up those stripes. Oh, don't ever do that. That was the worst experience ever. And if I have a UFO sitting around my house with a sad face attached to it, it is that quilt (laughs) that has never been finished. Because now I have to go take off that entire border because it's wonky and the lines don't meet up. So, yeah, mitered corners, psychedelic print, bold colors. It doesn't look good together, trust me. (laughs) Do you think it's going to sit there a while longer? You bet. (laughs) It deserves the naughty corner for the rest of its life. Why do you make quilts in that you would rather spend your time quilting than on a different craft? Because I love it. And because I enjoy the feeling of satisfaction, just the peace that I get from sitting at my sewing machine and making something for someone else. I am a giving person. It is, I think, a God-given thing that he gave me that I just love to give. So I feel like there's always someone out there who needs a quilt, who needs to see or feel that love that went into that quilt Mm -hmm. to make for them. And knowing that I'm giving these patterns away and Right now, with the current world situation, so many people have messaged me and said, thank you, because you have been my sanity while we're in lockdown. Just the feeling that I get from them having fun making my patterns, and it's the feeling that I get that keeps me making more. Mm Mm-hmm. Then who do you make your quilts for? I make my quilts for my family, firstly. Everybody has a quilt specifically designed for them on their bed. I have a few laying around the house for my bed that I can rotate. Then after that, I make baby quilts for the new babies at church and... All the quilts that I make in the Facebook group, some of them are sitting in a UFO pile waiting to be quilted, but most of them will be donated to a local, I don't know what you call it, but it's for women who are in a violent situation at home, Mm -hmm. like domestic abuse, and their children can go to this refuge, I guess. I like to donate to them because I know that those ladies and those kids would appreciate that. I also like to donate to the Children's Hospital up in Auckland. And my husband is a cancer survivor, so I try to donate to the Cancer Society here in New Zealand. Wow. That must have been really hard going through that with him. It was. A lot of people think about the cancer patient. Mm -hmm. It was really hard on him. It really was. Just watching him go through all that. I had no idea what he was going through because I've never been through it. But watching him go through it, I know how hard it was on his body. I admire those people who care for people who have cancer because I was his 
100% caregiver during that time. And it's a 24-hour-a-day job. And I did it because I love him and because, you know, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, it was just one of those times we went through and we grew through. But it gave me a better appreciation for caregivers out there. This is their job to care for people who are really sick like that because it's not easy. It breaks your heart. It breaks your body. I just appreciate them. Mm-hmm. My next question is, what are you working on now? Yes, the one I'm working on now is actually for a friend. I still have to put it together, but I'm finished with all the clues. Can you tell me a quilting tip? A lot of people ask me how I get my points and how I rarely lose a point when I'm doing triangles or something like that. Firstly, I am always very cautious to make sure that at the top of the point, I have my quarter inch seam allowance. But a lot of times I sew two quilt squares together. You always seem to put them through the machine in the same way. I like to put those pieces through to where I can see where my seam line is going so that I can keep those points. I may lose a little bit of my seam allowance, but I like to keep the point. Hmm. Well, describe how you went from having quilting just as your hobby to having it as a business. I started the Facebook page. It was actually on July 4th, 2018. And the way that came about was I really am a mystery quilt addict. So a mystery quilt is where you are given a palette to work with. Dark fabrics, medium fabrics, and light fabrics in hue. And then you can use any color you want. Or whether you're given specific colors to put there, you actually don't know. It's kind of like reading a mystery. You don't know how it ends until you actually get that last clue. So your fabric requirements are given, and then you follow the clues to solve the mystery. And I was addicted to these kind of patterns. I couldn't get enough of them. I don't know what I enjoyed about it, but I I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I kept searching the internet and searching the internet. And I couldn't find anyone who did them on a regular basis. Bonnie Hunter does one a year. At that point, Debbie Caffrey was doing a couple a year. But I could go through those in a matter of a few weeks and be done. So what did I do for the rest of the year? <laughs> so I decided I'm going to try my hand at designing and writing my own mystery quilts. So I did that for a while. And actually, the Quilters Club of America at that point, that was probably around, I'm going to say 2010 or so. The Quilters Club of America had a website and they allowed me to put my patterns on their blog page as their mystery to promote their website. And neither one of us made any money off it. So I'm like, I like this. I can do this. But they changed hands and became the quilting company. When they changed, I approached the quilting company then and said, I was doing this for them. Would you like for me to carry on and do it for you? I did one pattern for them, and it had a huge success. They brought everything in-house. They are only an online company now, and they don't keep up that group page. They are the ones that actually spurred me to do it on my own. I'm like, there's nobody out there that does it. The quilting company doesn't have it. And I couldn't find any of the big websites or quilting companies that did mysteries. So I started the Facebook group page on July 4th. 
2018 with this little tiny spur of hope that maybe one day I would have a hundred quilters <laughs> that might follow me. It was a big dream. I'm a little Ohio girl, okay? I didn't expect what came of it. I really didn't. I dreamed and I dreamed big, but I did not expect anything big. I just started throwing patterns out there. We started gaining momentum. It took us 17 months and we had 5,000 followers. It took us 13 more months and we had 10,000 followers. So within two and a half years, 30 months, we had 10,000 followers who follow my patterns. It was actually them who said, why don't you publish a book? Because I give those patterns away, they wanted to somehow repay me for that giving to them. Mm -hmm. So they said, why don't you publish a book? So last month I published my first book. In the first 10 days, we sold over 500 copies and we already have book two in editing. And that really is the only business, I guess you could say, side mm -hmm. of it. It was a long process Yeah, from way back then having a little tiny dream to publishing a book. It has been exciting to watch too. It has been exciting to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, way back when you first started designing a pattern and you put it out there, how did you feel when you saw it made by somebody else? You have no idea that feeling that comes from seeing someone else make what you designed. What's even better is to see them do a better job of it <laughs> than you did. <laughs> I love to watch them take that pattern and maybe even tweak it with a different border. We have one quilter who loves to custom quilt. So she takes the patterns and she custom quilts to even make that pattern pop even more. That sense of accomplishment is so amazing. I think this is what I was trying to explain before why I do it. Mm -hmm. That feeling is addicting. Knowing that other people are having so much fun and they are doing such a good job gives me such a good feeling. Mm -hmm. How do you explain it? <laughs> Tell us the name of the group on Facebook. The name of the group on Facebook is Mystery Quilts Anonymous. How did I come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Very easily. I was addicted. I still am addicted to mystery quilts. Okay. And I kind of played on that addiction. I played on that anonymous word because I was an addict, I wanted to create a group where people who were also addicted to mystery quilts or quilting in general could come and find a place where people were just like them, where quilters enjoyed coming, where they found camaraderie. I wanted a place where people were happy to come and spend their time and share their talent. The main thing is I really didn't want people discouraging other people. I didn't want people on there saying, well, your points don't match or your corners don't match or if you would have done it this way or if you would have chosen this color. I wanted them to find complete encouragement rather than discouragement. I wanted to create a place that was happy and helpful without having rules and guidelines. Really, our only rule is be nice. 
Yeah. And I guess that flows from my life, I guess. I hate confrontation. I'm that type of a person where I hate to be confronted Mm -hmm. and I hate to confront people. And I've also always been taught and have this like mantra that you can say what you need to say in a nice way. So let's just be nice instead of mean. And I kind of wanted that to flow through to the page. Mm -hmm. And I think we've done a pretty good job. It's a happy place. Well, it's my happy place. And a lot of people say it's their happy place too. So I think we've done a good job with 10,000 people of keeping encouraging. Now, this past New Year's when you did the quilt in one day, was that your first time to do that? No, I actually did it in 2020. We did a quilt called Picture Perfect, and that was the first time we did it. So there were a lot of growing pains with that one. There were even a lot of growing pains with 2021s called Party Poppers, which, by the way, is one of my most popular patterns. And it was quite funny because everybody's autocorrect on their computers was changing party poppers to party poopers. (laughs) So we all laughed about that too. But I learned that Facebook Live may not be the way to record it. But it was the only way that I knew of to get on there live every few hours to give them a clue. And it worked. And we had fun. But no, 2021 was number two. So 2022 will become number three, and I'm already playing around with designs for that one. Wow. I feel like each New Year's kind of leads us in a different direction. It certainly helps me to grow as a designer. It's challenging to come up with something that we've never done before. Our 10,000 quilt, it's called Soulmates. And it's our celebration quilt for making 10,000 followers. It is something that we have never done before as well. So I'm looking forward to that one. But to make each quilt look different rather than the same thing again and again Mm -hmm. is challenging. And it's making me grow. So I like that. Tell me where people can find you. I have a website www.mysteryquiltsanonymous.com. It is also linked to the Facebook page, but we do have a private group page, which just means you have to ask to be a member, like you did. If you search Mystery Quilts Anonymous on Facebook, you'll find us Mm -hmm. because it's found publicly. You just have to be a part of the group to be able to see what people post. So there's that Facebook group. There's the web page. I'm on Instagram as Debbie or Debbie Montgomery or Mystery Quilts Anonymous or MQA. The web page has all the clues on it, all the quilts on it, and it has a section called musings, which is my day-to-day maybe frustrations. Well, I tried that and that didn't work, so I'm going to try something else. (laughs) And that will kind of be on there so that people can follow what did and didn't work. I have a tips and tricks on that website. And I do on the Facebook group page post links to the website so they can be found either way. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, through the book. Yeah. And it's on Amazon? It is. It's on Amazon.com. It's on Amazon.uk and Amazon.au, which is Australia. Mm -hmm. Because I live in New Zealand, I hired a U.S. publisher to publish it who sells through Amazon just to make it easier for the North American audience to purchase the book. As far as the rest of the world, if they can't purchase it from Amazon, it's very easy to purchase the digital copy 
from me. So all that they have to do is contact me and I can send them the digital version of it, which means they get a PDF. They just have to print it themselves. So it's half the cost of what they would get it on Amazon. And book two will probably be published in a similar manner, but we learned a lot of things through book one mm-hmm. that we're going to change in book two. Book one, it's called Seven Mystery Quilts, and it has two mysteries in it that no one has ever seen other than my testers and five popular quilts from the past. Book two has six new quilts that no one has ever seen. And the seventh one will be one of my most popular quilts. So at this point, number seven will be Party Poppers because it has just been so popular that I will pull it off the internet and I will put it in the book. But it will be the only one that people will have seen before. Mm -hmm. The other six are brand new, never before seen. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? Other than thank you very much for this opportunity. I have enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank Thank you you so much for working with me on doing this interview clear from New Zealand. That's amazing that we can do this. I had heaps of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.